then after seeking refuge in Allah from the torment of hell, the believer also seeks refuge in Allah from Adab al-Qabr, the torment in the grave. Al-Qabr refers to, the grave refers to the place of burial for the deceased. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah, said in Surah Abasa, 80-21 Thus he causes him to die and puts him in his grave. <coughs> and also could mean and refer to Al-Barzakh which is between the barrier which is between the death of the person and the establishment of the hour even though he may not be buried. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Mu'minun 23, 100 It is but a word that he speaks and behind them there is a barzakh, a barrier until, behind them meaning those who die, until the day when they will be resurrected. So therefore the person when he seeks refuge in Allah from the torment of the grave, he refers to the torment in the barzakh, which is between the barrier, which follows his death until the day of resurrection. Because in reality the person does not know whether he will die and be buried, or that he will die and be eaten by beasts or burns and turns to ashes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah Luqman 31 34 31 no person knows what he will end tomorrow, and no person knows in what land he will die. So the person should bring to heart that when he says, I seek refuge in Allah from the torment of the grave, meaning the torment which may occur, after the death of the person until the day of resurrection this is in the barrier life and concerning the torment of the grave this will be discussed from the following angles number one first is the torment is this torment affirmed or not affirmed The answer, it is affirmed by the explicit texts in the Sunnah and the apparent of the Qur'an and by the consensus of the Muslims. As to the explicit of the Sunnah, is this hadith we are talking about? 
the hadith of the tashahud we are discussing. When we do reciting this dua following the tashahud. And also in other hadiths as well. Like for example in the hadith reported by Muslim. قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام تعوذوا بالله من عذاب القبر تعوذوا بالله من عذاب القبر تعوذوا بالله من عذاب القبر seek refuge in Allah from the torment of the grave seek refuge in Allah from the torment of the grave seek refuge in Allah from the torment of the grave and we say اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من عذاب القبر O Allah we seek refuge in you from the torment of the grief. As to the consensus of the Muslims, because all the Muslims, they say in their salah, أعوذ بالله من عذاب جهنم, they seek refuge in Allah from the torment of hell, and from عذاب القبر, even the common Muslim, who are not considered from the people of Ahlul Ijma', the people of consensus, and not from the ulama, but they say that. As to the consensus of, as to the apparent of the Quranic texts, like for example in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the people of Pharaoh in Surah Ghafir, chapter 40, verse 46, and now we وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ أَدْخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ The fire they are exposed to it morning and afternoon and on the day when the hour will be established it will be said to the angels cause Fir'auns, the fairest people to enter the severest torment. And there is no doubt that their exposition or exposing them to hell is that for them to be touched by its torment. And also in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, 93, قال الله تعالى وَلَوْ تَرَائِذِ الظَّالِمُونَ فِي غَمَرَاتِ الْمَوْتِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ بَاسِطُوا أَيْدِيهِمْ أَخْرِجُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ الْيَوْمَ تُجْزَوْنَ عذاب الهون بما كنتم تقولون على الله غير الحق وكنتم عن آياته تستكبرون and if you could see if you could but see when the ظالمين the polytheists the wrongdoers are in the agonies of death while the angels are stretching forth their hands deliver your souls this day you shall be recompensed with the torment of degradation because of what they used to utter against Allah other than the truth and you used to reject his signs and proofs and evidences and this apparent from the Quran is almost explicit the second angle is the torment on the body or on the soul or on both in principle it is upon the soul because the ruling after death covers the soul 
However, Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said that the torment and the bliss occurs upon the soul and upon the body. And that the soul stays after departing the body in bliss or in torment. And also it may connect with the body sometimes and therefore both will receive either bliss or torment. And also this came that the body may be affected by the torment. This came through uh, physical observations. Some of the graves when they were opened, the torment on the body was observed, while others the bliss was also observed upon others. And our Shaykh Rahimahullah mentioned <coughs> that some people in this city of Unayza were digging to establish a wall, an outside wall and they came close to a grave and while they were digging that break that digging broke into the grave and they found therein a person buried and the earth ate his shroud while his body was completely intact to the extent that they saw his beard with hinna on it and they smelled the most beautiful smell of musk so they stopped and they went to the scholar in that time and his name is Abdullah bin Abdurrahman Ababtin and he is known one of the ulama in Unayza and they asked him and he said leave him, leave it and take a different path for your wall and ring and dig to its right or its left. And one can also, therefore, remind that of the point here again that the soul may get connected with the body again and the torment may occur on both and similarly with respect to the bliss. And one may also take comfort in the hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ described
or said concerning the grave for the kafir where the kafir is buried he said in al-qabra la yadiqu ala al-kafir hatta takhtalifa adla'uhu that the grave the kafir's grave will become restricted so his ribs will be pressed together so this indicates that the torment may occur upon the body because the ribs are in the body the third angle to discuss is if the person is not buried and is eaten by the animals of prey, beasts and so forth or eaten by fish for example would there be a torment if he deserves the answer is yes and the torment will be upon the soul in case the body is destroyed like turned to ashes and so forth and Shaykh Rahimahullah cautioned however and said still this is a matter of the unseen and I cannot decisively conclude that the body may not be and maybe not may not be touched by this torment even though it may be totally burned and turned to ashes or the like because again the matter of the hereafter no one can make it analogous to what is witnessed in this life the fourth angle is the punishment in the grave continuous or it ceases the answer if the person is a kafir then his punishment is continuous and if he is a believer a disobedient believer then if he is punished in his grave then the extent of the punishment will be proportional to his sins and this may be in a period where is lesser than the entire barrier period between his death and the day of resurrection and in this case would the punishment be lightened upon the disobedient Muslim could it or may it 
The answer is yes. It may occur that it may be lightened upon him. Because we know this from the hadith where the Prophet when he passed by a graveyard and there were two graves and then he said when he reached them he said they meaning the dwellers of the graves of these two graves were tortured yeah, they are not tortured for a major sin to avoid rather yes they are tortured for a major sin one of them never saved himself from being soiled with urine while the other used to go about with calumnies spreading mischief between people then the Prophet ﷺ ثم أخذ جريدة رطبة فشقها نصفين فغرز في كل قبر واحدة وقال لعله يخفف عنهما ما لم ييبسا Thereupon the Prophet ﷺ asked for a green leaf of a date palm tree he broke it into two pieces and put one on each grave. On being asked why he had done so, he sallallahu alayhi wasallam replied, I hope that their torture might be lessened till these get dried these leaves get dried this is evidence that it may be lessened but here comes the question what's the occasion of these two green leaves of date palm in relation to lessening the punishment on these two tortured occupants of the graves of these two graves it was said that this is because these leaves make tasbih as long as they are not dry. And that tasbih, meaning making glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, lessens the punishment upon the dead. And then they concluded based upon this deducted reasoning which is really remote that it is sunnah for the person to go to the graves and make tasbih by the grave so that the punishment may be lightened or lessened in response, the ulama answered and said, this is a weak reasoning. Because these leaves make tasbih 
whether they are dry or moist. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 44, ولكن لا لا تفقهون تسبيحهم in surah al-isra 17:44 so they said that the reasoning is weak here because these two or these leaves Glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and declare Him free of all imperfection, whether they are moist or dry. Qala Allah ta'ala in Surah Al-Isra 17.44 Tusabbihu lahu al-samawatu al-sab'u wal-ardu wa man fihin wa in min shay'in illa yusabbihu bihamdih walakin la tafqahuna tasbihahum the seven heavens and the earth and all that is therein glorify him and there is not a thing but glorifies his praise but you understand not their glorification and the pearls or the and there is nothing, na'am. Not but a thing, but glorifies his place. But you understand not their glorification. And we know that the Hafa made tasbih and it was heard in the hands of the Prophet ﷺ. Yet we know that the Hafa is dry. Stones, small stones. The little ones, the pebbles, made tasbih in the hands of the Prophet ﷺ, and it was heard, yet they are dry. So what is the reason? What is the cause here? Here is that the Messenger ﷺ hoped from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to listen upon them the torment as long as these date palms were tree were rather moist and wet meaning the period was not that long and this is in order to warn from their deeds because their deeds were grave one of them did not save himself from being soiled by urine. So in this case, he would pray in a state of impurity. And the other used to go out spreading mischief between people. And enmity amongst them. And this is, therefore, is a temporal 
intercession as a warning to the Ummah. And we say that some had mentioned that it's a sunnah for the person to put a wet or moist leaf or trees or the like on or on the grave to lessen the torment. But this deduction is very remote and it is not permissible to do that. Why? Because first, it is not known to us whether this person is in a state of punishment or not. In contrast, this was made known to the Prophet ﷺ in that incident. This is first. Secondly, if we do this, then we will insult the deceased, the, the, the dead, will not be doing good to him, because we will have an ill opinion of him when we think that he is being punished. We don't know. Maybe he is in bliss. Maybe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon him forgiveness before he died. Because of the many reasons that are expiators for sins. And thus he does not deserve to be punished. Thirdly, this deduction is in opposition to what the righteous predecessors were upon. They are the ones who are most knowledgeable in terms of Sharia. And none of them from the companions had done that. None of them had done this at the grave sites. Fourthly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had opened for us ways that are better than this. We know that the Prophet والسلام, we know that he said إِذَا فَرُغَ مِنْ دَفْنِ الْمَيِّتِ or he والسلام, whenever he upon the burial of uh, the dead, he would, والسلام, stand and by the grave and say, استغفروا لأخيكم واسألوا له التثبيت فإنه الآن يسأل Seek forgiveness for your brother and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him steadfastness فَإِنَّهُ الْآنْ يُسْأَلْ For verily now he is being subjected to questions in reference to the questions in the grave. The fifth angle is that 
the methods of the torment in the grave are from the methods of the unseen. Many are those who are in these graves are tormented and we don't feel anything of that. And next to him or next to them there could be many for whom doors of paradise are opened. So we don't know, we don't feel as to what's in these graves concerning the condition because this is a matter or these are matters of the unseen and had it not been that our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us then we wouldn't have known and that's why when a a Jewish woman came to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and told Aisha that the dead may be subjected to punishment in the grave. Aisha was frightened. So when the Prophet came, she told him, and the Prophet ﷺ attested to the saying of this Jewish woman. And he said that they are tormented. A torment which is heard by all animals. And Aisha said, I haven't seen him after this incident, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, except that he seeks refuge in Allah from the torment of the grave. So this matter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may make it known to whomever he wishes from his slaves, as he did by telling the Prophet ﷺ, revealing to him the condition of these two occupants of the grave who were punished. And the reason and the wisdom behind making this from the matters of the unseen is number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful. And if we would know as to what goes on from the torments in the grave, we would perish. Because if the person comes to know as to what occurs to his father or his brother or his son or his wife or his relative, from the torment and cannot help him he will get worried and will be in grief and restless so this is a favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us that he kept this knowledge away from us Secondly, in this there is a shield for the dead. Here Allah shielded him. We don't know 
of the sins he committed, which is between him and Allah Azza wa Jal. So if he dies and Allah informs us about his torment, then this would become a humiliation and dishonoring of him. So therefore, there is mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in shielding him, shielding the dead, not unraveling his status. The third wisdom is that it would turn very difficult for people to bury their dead as it is authentically reported from the Prophet والسلام, when he said لَوْلَا أَلَّا تَدَافَنُوا لَسَأَلْتُ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُسْمِعَكُمْ عَذَابَ الْقَبْرِ الَّذِي أَسْمَعُ مِنْهِ He وسلم, said if it were not the reason you would stop burying your dead in the graves on listening to the torment in the grave which I am listening. I would have certainly made you hear it. I would have certainly asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make you hear it. It will be difficult therefore, very difficult for people to bury their dead after this. The fourth wisdom is that if the torment of the grave would have been apparent then believing in it would not have any kind of distinction because it will be from the witnessed. We know it is from the matters of the unseen upon which the person is praised for if he believes in them. Also if it is known and apparent, this may drive all people to believe, will drive all people to believe. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, as in Surah Ghafir, chapter 4084, so when they saw our punishment, they said, we believe in Allah alone and reject all that we used to associate with Him as partners. So if people would see those buried and hear them in their agonies of torment and pain, they would believe and there will be no disbeliever. Because in this case, they would be certain concerning the torment, seeing, by, seeing it by their own eyes. So therefore there would be no benefit for faith. And the wisdoms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are great. And the truly believing person is the one who attests fully to the to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells more than he attests to that which he 
sees by his own eyes. Because the news of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are not subject to delusion or probabilities. And that which you may see by your eyes, you may be in delusion regarding it. How many of us had seen the crescent, thinking that it is a crescent, while it is a star? How many of us thought that they had seen the crescent, while it was a white hair on their forelock, a delusion? How many had seen a kind of a shade? And they thought that it is a man coming forth, forward. How many had seen the stationary moving? And the moving stationary. The news from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are not subject to probabilities, never. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us and for you, steadfastness. Then, the believer after seeking refuge in Allah from the torment of hell and the torment in the grave, he seeks refuge in Allah from the fitna of life and death. Meaning from the trials in his deen during his life and in his death. The fitna and trials in the life are a great and intense. Few are the ones who may be saved from that. And they are centered upon two things. Shubuhat wa shahawat. Misconceptions, doubts, and lowly desires. As to the first one, a person may be exposed to them, And therefore the truth may end up being confused to him. End up seeing falsehood as truth and truth as falsehood. And if he sees the truth as falsehood, he will keep away from it. And if he sees falsehood as truth, he will indulge in it. And this is a great fitna, a great trial, an attribution. Many are those who see that riba usually is truth. And therefore they commit it. Many are those who see that 
deceiving people is a form of cleverness and smartness in selling and buying in trade and so they end up deceiving people and doing fraud many are those who see that looking at women lustfully as a kind of freedom and enjoyment and so they go freely gazing at them many are those who take alcoholic beverages and think and see that this is enjoyment and pleasure and many are those who see that musical instruments as art they study and receive degrees for that and ranks these are from the afflictions and trials of the life as to that of death then the first opinion is that it refers to the test and the trial upon the questions raised by the angels for the occupant of the grave asking him about his Rabb his Deen, his religion and his Prophet because the Prophet said إِنَّهُ قَدْ أُحِيَ إِلَيَّ أَنَّكُمْ تُفْتَنُونَ فِي قُبُورِكُمْ مِثْلَ أَوْ قَرِيبًا مِنْ فِتْنَةِ الْمَسِيحِ الدَّجَّالِ It has been inspired to me and revealed to me that you will be tested in your graves like the test of that or close to that of the false Christ. As to the one whose faith is sincere, then the answer will be easy for him. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those. It will be made easy for them to answer these questions. So that when he is asked, Who is your Lord, Man Rabbuk? He says, Rabbi Allah, my Lord is Allah. Man Nabiyuk, who is your Prophet? He says, Nabi Muhammad, my Prophet is Muhammad. Ma Deenuk, what's your Deen? He says, Deeni al Islam, bikulli suhula, with ease. The others will ayadu billah, we seek refuge in Allah. If they are asked, they will say, Ah, ah, I don't know. I heard people saying something and I said it. And contemplate, contemplate their response when they say, ah, ah, this as if he knew something, but he forgets. And what an intense state of grief and sorrow for him to have known and then forgot. Because the one who 
in this case, he earned something, but he lost it. And the outcome, I don't know, who is my Rabb, my Deen, and my Prophet. This is a great trial. Allah Azza wa Jal an yunajjini wa iyyakum minha. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save me and you from it. And it centers really upon that which is in the heart. If the heart is truly believing, then it will see the matters of the unseen as if visual. Seeing by their own eyes, by the real sight. So they will answer with ease. And if it is the opposite, then the matter is the opposite. The second saying is that what is intended by the affliction of death is what occurs at the time of death, at the end of life. And it is mentioned as death because it's closer to the death. And this is intensified at this time of life. Meaning, at the end of one's life, because the person is either going to a state of bliss and happiness or to a state of richness and wickedness. So the fitna is also great. And shaitan is most keen at this moment, is most keen to sway the children of Adam at this moment. And the truly protected is the one whom Allah protects. He comes, shaitan, at this moment where the person is really weak. We listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Qiyamah 75, 26 to 30. إِذَا بَلَغَتِ وقيل من راق وظن أنه الفراق والتفت الساق بالساق إلى ربك يومئذ المساق. Nay, when the soul reaches to the collarbone, up to the throat, in its exit, and it will be said, who can cure him and save him from death? And he, the dying person, will conclude that it was the time of departing, of death. And leg will be joined with another leg, shrouded. The drive will be on that day to your Lord Allah. Very critical moment. Man is weak. Weak in his will. Weak physically. Shaitan comes to sway him. Because this is the time for Shaitan to exert 
his utmost. A time for winning, quote-unquote, for him. Even some people of knowledge had mentioned that he may present him with the Jewish religion or the Christian religion and also of Islam in the form of his father and his or his parents presenting him with Judaism, Christianism and Islam and directing him to Judaism or Christianism or Christianity and this is a great trial but this alhamdulillah may not be for every person and even if the shaitan may not reach to this extent with the individual yet the person should be aware and then prepare for that moment it is said that when Imam Ahmed rahimahullah was in the state of death he was heard saying bad bad not yet not yet so when he was awoke uh, uh, when he when he awoke he was told about this he said that shaitan used to bite on his fingers saying I missed you O Ahmed I missed you meaning biting his fingers in sorrow and grief that he was not able to sway Imam Ahmed so Imam Ahmed was saying in response bad, bad, not yet, not yet meaning until now the soul did not depart me so as long as the soul was in the body then everything was possible Rabbana la tuzigh qulubana ba'da idh hadaytana Rabbana la tuzigh qulubana ba'da idh hadaytana O our Allah, O our Lord, let not our hearts deviate from the truth after you have guided us. So in this state there is a great fitna. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ in this dua, which is after tashahud, he mentioned fitna til-mahya wal-mamat, the fitna of life and the fitna of death. So therefore, there are two interpretations for the fitna of death. The fitna at the time of death and the one that takes place after death. And that is referring to the questions in the graves. And it is possible to say that the matter covers both of them. Covers both types of fitna. Question. Is the questioning of the angels true? Meaning, will the dead 
the occupant of the grave stand or sits in his grave and be questioned or is this an imagination the answer is without any doubt it is real and true and that the person will come to sit in his grave and will be questioned if one says that the grave is limited narrow restricted so how come he would be able to sit the answer for that is first it's duty bound upon the believer regarding the matters of the unseen is to accept and to believe and does not ask as to what is beyond that from the how rather says we hear and we obey and we accept and we submit and we don't ask why how the one who believes and his chest is open for the submission and acceptance to what is told by Allah and his messenger he says Allah knows best as to the how and here is the matter the connection of the soul to the body the connection of the soul to the body after death is not like its connection with it in the life or during life in fact even the connection of the soul with the body during sleep is unlike that of its connection during awakeness so there are great great affairs between the soul and the body that are not comprehensible by man and therefore its connection with the body after death cannot be resembling that of its connection during life here is man during his sleep sees himself traveling going coming talking to people meeting those who are dead and those who are alive he sees that he's got a beautiful garden orchards or an ugly restricted place seeing himself riding a comfortable car and sometimes he sees that he is in a car accident all of this is possible yet man is in his bed yet man is in his bed even his sheet his cover is still on him so therefore a person may sit in his grave and be asked and questioned even though the grave may be restricted and narrow and the last one which the Prophet ﷺ taught us to seek refuge in following the tashahud is the fitna of al-masih al-dajjal the fitna of the false Christ 
And this is what we will talk about, inshallah, in the next class. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And may Allah, the Most High, accept this effort from me. And may Allah, the Most High, subhanahu wa ta'ala, have mercy upon our Shaykh, Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen, and all the scholars of Islam. Alhamdulillahi alladhi binamatihi tatimmu al-salihat. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.